We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Light years pod, we are at number 25. 25. You know, number 25 is right, dude. I, you know, I never come prepared. And (laughs) today was the Jim Barnett. I know, I just just looked it up. I was like, (laughs) you know what? I'm today, I'm coming prepared. Jim Barnett and Chris Boucher, two Golden State legends. Yeah, uh, by the way, where the number JB and Fitz are definitely like in pre, they're in preseason mode too. Let's let's cut them. Uh, they're they're just like the team. They're they're kind of floating through these games, waiting for oh the real my. stuff to go. Well, what are you what are you talking about? Are you talking about Fitz whining, or are you talking about something else? Because that I might we might have they're to just, rip on that for like. A couple they're years. just recycling the same talking points over and over again. It's it's pretty much every league pass crew too. You know, you listen to them enough that there's only so many things you can say over 82 games, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, imagine if we had to to, to do a pod every day. I guess that that does make sense. I mean, people are tired of hearing us once a week. <laughs> exactly. How they good? Well, but you know, uh, the the last game, what was it? The the Memphis game, um, and they were recording this after they beat Dallas. But my goodness, the way that Fitz pretty much whines about other teams making open shots when they're quote unquote not supposed to, because these guys aren't like actual two point shooters or something. Yeah, it's like, like, dude, every like, time Tyreek Evans makes a shot, he acts like. Um, it, it's like, you know, it's like uh, the fan made the half court shot like, oh, my God, how did he do that? It's like, OK, Tyreek's not a good shooter. But if but I mean, like for NBA standards, it doesn't mean he's, he can't yeah. get a standstill three. 
Yeah, it's like, it's like these guys should be averaging like zero points or something. And every time somebody makes it, it's like, oh, my God, just against the Warriors, these guys are so good. It's like, dude, relax. Yeah, it's like um, you can – you got to love this because it's like you can you can make the Warriors good and like, a, you know, a power team. But but Fitz Fitz was doing the voice while they sucked yeah. for so many years. He's got he can go right back into that. It, it's the refs that are holding us back mode. And you know when when you're a full blown fan though, you know how you have friends like that, and, and we're 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 full blown fans. But like real like hardcore like just pure fan like really biased. Um, they'll always blame the refs though. Like that's the main thing. Like no matter what, that will never change. Like no, the Warriors can win like eight titles in a row, and if they lose a regular season game in October, like fans will find a way. And yeah, say, man. Like, Steph, Steph Harden's averaging 10 free throws a game, but uh, according to Fitz, he's, he's not getting any calls. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually, that's been, um, aside from the fact that the Warriors are, do not care about defense whatsoever, uh, in the first week of the season, my main takeaway has been Steph's gotten, he's finally figured out how to get free throws in a way that like everyone's, wanted him to for what three four years in a row now you know what i you know i'm gonna be kind of like a uh a selfish person you know how like there were fans that were huge steph fans that aren't warriors fans they're just huge steph fans and when kd went to the team they're like hey like this kind of minimizes what steph does not as fun to watch for me it's like steph you're drawing fouls now, but at the same time, it's like, you know, it's not that fun to watch Steph shoot 15 free throws a game. I'd rather watch him like make the acrobatic finishes or shoot a step back three instead of like trying to draw the foul. So selfishly, aesthetically, I'm just like, uh, it's great. It's better for the team, but it's just not as fun. Yeah, but it's smart. <laughs> Let's I, like, yeah, I agree with you. I, I, I want to watch him make Chris Paul fall and hit these ridiculous shots over and over again. But just from a pragmatic point of view, it is good that he's, he's finally figuring out how to draw fouls more consistently, how to pump fake guys into it, how to drive through contact. Just those, those little things that he just would never do. God, you're just like Steve Kerr. Such, such a, such a white old school ref. (laughs) All right. So, um, so yeah, the road trip was well. Let's see. Friday was uneventful, and tonight was uneventful. But Saturday we got some fireworks. <laughs> that Memphis, yeah, that that was Memphis fun. game got some uh, got some people going. Um, mouth mouth uh, mouth guard gate. <laughs> you know, I had no idea that that would blow up like that. It was it was pretty interesting, right? So so they you want to recap the game, or I, I can kind of recap what happened. All right, um, so quick recap for anyone who didn't see the highlights or watch the game the Warriors were flat for the first three quarters really the whole game and Memphis was just Memphis was just bullying them they were they were clearly outplaying them uh they they had every right to be up there was there was no ref conspiracy and uh the Warriors started trying to make a run at the end you know they're they're one of the they're the best team in the league at some point they they kind of you know, their pride got them and they tried to get back into it and they just couldn't get back into the game. And so Steph, who'd been in foul trouble all night, uh, goes up, doesn't get the call. He probably could have got a call there, but it's just one play. Yeah. Let's talk, let's talk about him being in foul trouble for a second before he, before you get to the end, he, some of the, so he draws, 
I think he had five fouls. He's pretty much out of the entire. He he scores like what thirty plus points in like less than thirty minutes. Thirty seven. And so he's on he's on fire, right? Thirty seven, almost forty. He would have had forty if he had played. Now he's drawing these dumb fouls to where the guys are blown by him. He has Draymond on the backside and he's just reaching needlessly, right? So these fouls aren't like bad calls. They're legit fouls. Um, and so I guess he, he yeah, went it's kinda, up. And he it's kind of it's kind of funny because it, the Warriors' defense has been atrocious, and for everyone else on the floor, it's like lack of effort, lack of communication, and then for Steph, it's been the opposite. It's like trying to trying to play hero defense, you know, like he's trying way <laughs> oh, too shit. hard, jumping at everything, it just kind of like just all these dumb fouls, reaching, uh, which he's always done. It's always been like. Uh, probably his, his his worst habit right um arguably worse than the turnovers but uh they've he so he he was trying to make plays and he just kept every one of the fouls was legit they're just he was reaching they're just they're quintessential dumb plays of trying too hard yeah he he does like like you're saying that's it's like the opposite of like Russ or Harden, or no, not Harden, Russ, but like make it seem like he tries really hard but doesn't actually try. Steph is try- <laughs> is actually trying really hard, but he's just not physically capable of being that guy. Or he's not thinking. Just it, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, it's like, dude, let him buy. Like, who gives a crap if, um, if who is the guy that was making the, Mario Chalmers makes a makes a crazy layup over Draymond? Like, if he makes it, he makes it. Like, make him do it three times in a row before you like start to get frustrated well, and foul him. But he's just the worst part of it was more like once he got into foul trouble, he had four in the first half. He kept doing it, kept doing it. Yeah, yeah. It's like he get he gets blown by, and when you have four fouls and it's like the you know middle of the third quarter and you're Steph Curry, let him go. The team needs you on the floor, but no, he has to like try to do the the swipe by and get that fifth foul. You, you know what they what happened to in the twenty sixteen finals when they used to do when they did the uh, that's what the Cavs did like they attacked Steph like they don't like to score on him but also to draw him in foul trouble because he's gonna reach a lot like they would do those those pick and pick and rolls with LeBron and then Steph would just be like jumping out of there and like like reaching and and doing all this random crap it's like dude. <laughs> You got to understand for a player as smart as he is, like probably the third smartest player on the team besides Draymond and Iguodala. It's like you just can't you can't be out there doing that because you're not going to be out there for any longer. Yeah, if there's one part where Steph's ego and pride gets too much into him, it's on the defensive end. He's so set on proving that he can, you know, he can d up with anyone that he he'll get into those one on one contests where he tries to show he's physical. And puts himself in foul trouble and does dumb reaches and does dumb pushes to like, you know, show like you can't bully me. And <laughs> it's uh, it, it. I mean, it is. It's the, the Cavs picked on it two years ago. I think every team who has a legitimate shot to go at the Warriors knows like put put Steph through a million pick and rolls 50 percent just to tire him out and 50 percent because you can maybe get him in foul trouble. Yep. Yeah, and so he got too frustrated through through his mouthpiece um, at or near the ref, got booted instantly, and then and then what I thought was funny was Durant got booted along with him. Uh, I don't even know what he did. He like said a couple things, yelled a little bit, and he got booted too. Flashed the fan his ring finger, and uh, this somehow blew up Twitter uh, the next couple of days by one of our favorite friends on Twitter. <laughs> 
Yeah. So I, when Steph threw the mouthpiece, I was laughing and I didn't think it was a big thing. And then the full next day, it's like, why isn't he suspended? Why has he not got suspended? Oh, this is favoritism. This is, you know, (laughs) this uh, Boogie Cousins would have got suspended. It's just, it's, it's hilarious, but uh, such is how it goes when you're, you know, you're the champion and everyone's gunning for you, right? Everyone's looking for some reason to, to pick at them. Uh, I think Steph should have got suspended though. There's no, um, you're the worst. You are it, the worst. If he, if he got suspended, does it really matter? Like don't throw your mouth guard. End of story. One game, right? CJ, yeah, you know, you know suspension. What, the thing w- it is what it is, right? No, I mean, it wouldn't have mattered. Who cares? But at the same time, it's for me, it's not it wasn't about the suspension, but more like what was said, I guess. And we've talked about this where Twitter is kind of a subset of what really um, is thought of about the team uh, in real life. So in real life, like the Warriors are super popular, super likable Um, on Twitter. Some of the times where they're not. Uh, or at least it feels that way. So pretty much was all day. Um, our buddy at Fox Sports uh, was all day saying how the team's the most unlikable. Steph Curry's the most arrogant team in all of sports. Keep in mind, in all of sports. Like, I mean, I don't even want to talk about this. It's just so low rent. Like, are you really going to say that about... So Steph's competitive. <laughs> like, I don't even want to get into this, but I can put pull up five instances of LeBron, Russell Westbrook, basically every star except for Kawhi because Kawhi doesn't speak that are equally as like, if I wanted to twist it to say like, Oh, actually they're really arrogant and they're not nice people, but it's like, what are you really going off of here? You're it's, it's just low rent hot take stuff that what bothers me about it is it's the same thing that bothered me with Skip Bayless with LeBron. It's like it's low rent character attacks that aren't there. Criticize the game. It's totally fair to say Steph needs to not foul so much. He needs to not turn yeah, it over. That's, that's but boring. do not attack his character. Like there's no reason to attack the guy. He, nothing he's done exemplifies like poor, poor character that he's a you know a bad person in any way. And uh, in the same, by the way, it's the exact same way I feel about, you know, the Skip Bayless and all that stuff with LeBron, which, to be fair, went on far longer and was arguably far louder than this. Yeah. You know what? The crazy thing is Skip's kind of like gone now. Like he doesn't even like make the, the airwaves. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so he caps it off with Dallas uh, with Jordan Bell, what he did tonight. So the Warriors drop a 30 piece. And they're up 30 at the end of the game. And Jordan Bell does the thing that you would say it would be arrogant uh, and makes the team unlikable. He drops an off-the-backboard windmill dunk <laughs> up 30 with 20 seconds left. Why? I mean, hey, like, I, you know, if you're a Dallas Mavericks player, I can see why you'd be pissed. But that is wild, wildly disrespectful and hilarious. <laughs> um, and the reaction you got to see from the Warriors, uh, uh, the Warriors bench, just out of control. Kerr wasn't happy. Carlisle, I think Kerr was trying to apologize um, to Carlisle. Carlisle wasn't happy. Yeah, Kerr's gonna but, uh, <laughs> Kerr's gonna rip into him for that because it's uh, it's uh, you know disrespectful to the opponent or what whatever cliche whatever. you want to say. But like it's it's the same thing as celebrating a home run when you're up ten runs on someone, right? You, like, hey, just I was just about go. to say exactly. I was just about to say that's such a baseball thing. 
like uh, <laughs> like a no bet flip or or whatever the fuck that uh, those guys have a million rules that that you know are unwritten, made up the unwritten rule book yeah unwritten rule book yeah so it's it's a rookie in his first week in the NBA who had his first fast break dunk opportunity um, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, anything we want to uh, to bring up on the road trip? We know that the, the Warriors are boring. I, I do have one point to make in terms of the Warriors are not boring, but they're bored right now and they're trying to get back in it. I will say this: um, they're obviously in, in training camp mode. The China, whatever, they're tired. Um, I will say a lot of the stuff is um, Steve Kerr wants them to run a system that is predicated on offensive rhythm because you know they could just run pick and roll all day instead they're like you know you know how the warriors are they don't want to run it so a lot of it is predicated on rhythm and they just don't have it with guys like nick young off the bench and kerr doesn't know who he's playing with the bigs rotation so it's like always somebody new um caspi's hurt nick is just coming back did you um, really just say caspi's hurt like you're like oh caspi's boy that's my boy that's <laughs> it, it my, makes sense why the warriors are struggling <laughs> caspi is hurt I'm standing for Aubrey. I'm standing for him all season. He's my. He's my. I'm. I'm playing him above McCall and Nick Young. That's my prediction. He's going to be playing big minutes in the postseason above those two guys, and and he's going to nail some big threes, um, and terrible. make some make some terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, he'll probably be useful for them at some point in the year, but it's like to say the reason the Warriors are struggling is because Caspi sprained his ankle is like. I don't even want to go there. Um, okay, my point is that it's just it's everything. There's no is ri- there's no rhythm, and they're they're lackadaisical. Um, not much to say. We haven't yep. seen this team really pace themselves ever. So that's a good point. This is kind of the first time they're they're kind of acting like a normal NBA team for once instead of trying to be like the high overachievers. <laughs> No, so, no, that's true. So uh, it's and then the combination of the, the early training camp, um, it's probably going to take some teams a little longer than others. Um, obviously, China. We we know how China is an excuse for everything. China, right? China is the excuse, man. Yep, they <laughs> going to be going to be dropping China as an excuse in the playoffs when they lose in round two to um, I don't know San Antonio. China, man, threw everything off. China and Caspi, those are going to be my two excuses when they lose a playoff <laughs> game. Uh, so, uh, yeah, um, not not much to go on. I mean, from there, the, the it's Warriors are two in, and two. It's going to be a work yeah. in progress. Honestly, if you think the Warriors are boring, this might be the time to watch them because uh, they're not really executing at a high level. So uh, every game's competitive, and they're very – I mean, Memphis straight up beat them up. New Whew. Orleans – New Orleans, if New Orleans could execute a little better, would have made it a game to the very end, maybe have won it. I mean, Houston won. So it's yeah. not like the Warriors are running away with anything. They they blew Dallas out at the end here, but I think everyone knows It was knows close, this. though. Everyone knows, yeah. It was close, and everyone knows this Dallas team's in a rebuild. They got you know a 19-year-old point guard and a 40-year-old Dirk. It's, so, uh, it's going to take so them a little bit. What would worry you? What what would need to happen to worry? What sh- what what would need to worry Warriors fans here in the next let's say week? Um, Besides injury, nothing really. I d- you just want to see cer- you want to see improvement over time a little bit. Like I kind of think this is going to continue for the next couple weeks. I think we're going to see um, 
maybe one step forward, one step back basketball for the next two to three weeks. Uh, Toronto's Toronto's playing well in general. Um, I think they lost tonight, but uh, that's a team who's probably coming in hungry, who could give them problems. Washington's also playing well. Like they're not getting um, a bunch of, you know, Dallas Lakers type of games where they can put this C plus effort or C minus effort really, and just walk to win. So I just, I, there, there's not much to see. They, they just kind of got to go through it and get themselves into rhythm and shape. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. I, I would say the only thing that's worrisome to me is if guys, if guys start to complain about different things, I don't think it'll oh, that's, happen. That's but, true too. Um, I don't see that happening in the yeah, first. Right. I mean, they've played four games. If, if this, um, I'm if trying to slump, drum up drama here. If this yeah, slump continues kinda... for another 15 games, then then it'll be interesting. You know, if they're if they're at game 20 and they're 11 and nine, then then we can have some fun on this pod. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I kind of hope that'll happen too. Like, I, it, you know, bar, barring some type of injury, but but you kind of hope like you know makes it more fun. They have Toronto, they have Washington coming up, so those would be super fun. Um, two teams that are established and playing pretty well. Um, and hungry they they um they're not as talented as the warriors uh but they remind me more of like the warriors teams we saw in the previous years who came in with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder trying to like prove that they're a level above what people think they're at so yeah the raptors just lost to the spurs without Kawhi, but at san antonio and then washington just beat denver at home uh at, at, at denver so pretty pretty good i think washington's nice um, they're fun because their starting lineup is. I mean, really that was good, Toronto's. So. That was Toronto's first loss. I think they're three and zero entering. So. Okay. So, um, we're going to talk about some of the other games uh, over the weekend. Um, we had two, not not the games itself, but really the players. So well, no, let's talk. Teams. Let's talk about Giannis. The Giannis is clearly the story of week. Well, no. Outside of Steph throwing his his mouth guard, uh, Giannis was the story of the first week of the season, averaging thirty seven points a game at MVP like, at like sixty percent from the field. Um, my God, uh, I think everyone kind of penned him as being one of uh, you know the next the next big thing. Just no one knew how long it would take. Like he was he he was great last year, but. Um, he looks good. Oh, we have a, we have a hot take coming. So Sam's setting it up for himself here. No, I, I have no I'm nothing. not setting anything up. I was just uh, just gonna wait for Sam to go. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you how uh, do you think Giannis is is in that that top tier, that top five six players like up there with a Kawhi, a Harden, a Steph? Nah, nah. No? I mean, like to 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 start a franchise. So I guess to answer that means I have to break it down a little bit in terms of to start a franchise. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, yeah, because he's, he's 22. There's, yeah, like, yeah that, that's if you thing. said I can have one player for the next 10 years, I'm taking him over anyone because I'm getting he's already this good and he hasn't even touched his prime. That that that's 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 true. Um, though, you know, I, I you know, KD's still up there. Kawhi's still up there. Uh, Steph is, is I got to put him up there because he's Steph. But 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 here's the thing. If I think the larger point is if in a series like right now, because we're talking about right now, we're not talking about the next five, 10 years. We're talking about right now. Um, for this season, top five, then, I mean, no, right? Maybe not. Um, so this is what I'm, th- this is what I'm interested in about him. If you've, um, 
even tonight, they lost tonight, but he had 34 points, was well over 50% from the field um, with zero threes. He's doing this all with no jump shot. And that's what I'm curious about. Um, It reminds me of young LeBron, but even young LeBron could hit. He was streaky. He wasn't a great, he wasn't a good shooter. He wasn't a good shooter from outside, but he could hit threes. He could hit the mid-range jumper. Um, and Giannis doesn't even take it. I think he's taken five threes on the season and made one. Um, and his shots outside of the paint are like it's he's taking less than five shots outside of the paint a game, and he's taking twenty two shots a game. So what's that, what's is, your what's your take? What, what's your what's your? My uh, question is: I I feel like once he goes up against the top line defenses who know how to crowd the paint, like a Utah, like a Memphis, like maybe the Warriors in two months when they wake up, um, who know how to, you know, kind of not give you the open lane. Can he still be this impactful? That's my, my initial, my initial thought is, um, no, he'll be a little bit exposed when he goes against teams like that. And it'll look like, let's say LeBron, in 2006 when he went up or 2007 when he went up against the Spurs and they just didn't let him get to the rim. But on the other hand, I mean, he's seven feet tall. (laughs) He, there's no real comparison. Like I can say it reminds me of LeBron, but they're ultimately, they're different players, right? So, yeah, um, you know, you don't have to look that far back. Um, in in terms of what you're saying, your point literally makes sense if you look at Game Seven last year in Toronto. If, if you guys watch that game, Giannis couldn't. I mean, he was tired. His team wasn't that great. Whatever. Blah blah. blah. But he and they just sagged didn't off. Want to they shoot. just sagged off. The they they like yep. Ibaka pa- uh, camped out in the paint and like um, who was it? Like uh, Damari Carroll and stuff. Like with just five six feet back, he was just like I just take and he swung shot. it. Just and he swung it shot. like he yeah, wasn't exactly. even trying to. So I mean, I, I get your point, um, but you know, it's kind of kind of picking nits, right? If we look at oh, it from an total, MVP totally perspective, um, I would say he could still he, he still. I mean, he's going to put up the numbers to win MVP. So if that's the question, you know, he could definitely still win it. Is he a top five player that you will want in a series? Maybe not. Then uh, maybe I, yeah, you want I'm Harden. Just I'm well, just actually, cur- maybe you don't want Harden, <laughs> but uh, so so my big thing is I'm just curious to see how far he can go because it. It's like the inverse thing of Steph. Remember, like a few years ago, people were like, "Oh, you can't, you can't win deep with your best player being that small, just wanting to take off the dribble threes until you know they did." And it's like you can't win with your primary ball handler not being able to shoot an outside jumper. Is now what everyone thinks, but Giannis is such a physical outlier, and no one seems to be able to stay in front of him right now. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe he's gotten so much better since last year that it won't matter. Maybe he can get to the rim on. I mean, he's not going to go up against Rudy Gobert in the playoffs. But he, like, he's going to he's going to have to LeBron James the, his his team to to get to where you're saying he need. Let's say Eastern Conference Finals. Let's not even t- talk about finals because he's not going to beat LeBron. Um, but he's going to have to, like you said, 2006 LeBron James team, um, and that partially depends on um, Jabari Parker coming back. Uh, midseason, so or, so, yeah, or like mean, Brogdon or Middleton taking some sort of step, or so, yeah, yeah, obviously someone around. Yeah. I like Brogdon. or trading for Eric Bledsoe, something like that. So, 
So hey, they were in the rumors. So I don't know. I think um, it's I think it's interesting because he's. I mean, he was electric. He is electric. He's so fun to watch. But um, at some point, the better teams are going to scheme up a way to force him or make it more difficult for him to get to the rim. And I'm just I want to see what happens when he goes against a team that can kind of form a wall in front of him. Can he just straight up go through it? He might be able to. He's that much of a physical outlier. Or well, is it going to cause I'm a problem? Gonna, I'm just going to give him the LeBron stands excuse. He just needs more help. So, <laughs> um, um, the other, but yeah, I mean, he, he, his life makes it easier too. Like where he plays is going to make it easier. Uh, I think if he was in the Western Conference, I don't e- like he might not even make the playoffs. Right? Then, then is he not just Anthony Davis? Let's talk. Uh, let's talk about that for a second. Like if they don't make the ever make the playoffs and if he doesn't get a ride, let's say this season he might make it Eastern Conference Finals because the Celtics are out. If he's in the West, he doesn't make it out the first or make the playoffs. Is he not just another guy that you're saying, hey, free Giannis? Like are you are we not just saying that? I mean maybe he's in Milwaukee? That team that team uh better team, Bucks or Clippers. Because Clippers him, and, him, and, him and Blake Clippers Griffin, are, him and Blake Griffin are in somewhat similar roles right yeah that's that's not close though deandre jordan they have pat beverly they have like they have a they have the Lou Williams. Yeah, they have guys that can score yeah and they got a lot more proven, proven guys that's true yep. so like I, I you you might even take portland over them you know maybe not denver at least portland's a little bit proven so i don't know he like, just he just kind of single-handedly beat portland on the stretch okay, but on but the like, other but on the other hand he single-handedly had to drop 44 points to win by one basket at the end so (laughs) at home while portland was on a back-to-back there you go you just you just beat your own argument but um so i'm just i'm just saying like it's my my hey i guess we stumbled onto a larger take is the the standard one delete conferences um is is what we're gathering from this Giannis mvp campaign um (laughs) because to me i mean maybe i would still take anthony davis over or at least it's close like and and to a lot of people it's not close by the way getting the davis is averaging over 30 and 15 a game on the same efficiency if not higher efficiency than Giannis, and it's you know that team is just such a mess that it's not really doing anything (laughs) but and and if the pelicans were in the east would they be a mess or well they would be but would they would be a a clear playoff team there were no one would question it like absolutely they would they would there's no way Miami is better than them sorry Miami so so at that point I'm just hey Giannis is great um but it's like MVP discussions great I can see it but at the same time it's it's like you know the Eastern Conference helps a lot um it helps a lot look look at LeBron if he ends if he if if he gets Milwaukee to 50 wins which is very feasible but 50 wins in the East I mean I, I guess Russ won the MVP with 47 in the West, but I mean, it's, it does point to your, your overall point. If he beats Washington and Toronto and he takes Cleveland to like six, then it's like, Oh shit. Like then it's, then it's, this guy is, is the next top five superstar. Um, but do we really think he's going to do that? I, I mean, so, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. So the other big um, week one week one story was 
that Minnesota OKC game was nice. That was like that was quintessential why you get league pass type of game because it was it was fun. It was back and forth, and then you have Melo hitting the shot that we thought was going to win it, and then Wiggins hits the running three point bank shot to win it. Um, that was. That was like um, my official, like, oh, the season's here, and I'm so glad it's back. <laughs> it start season started off rough with a couple injuries, but uh, that was fun. That was fun. I have a take. I have a Russell Westbrook take, and for for our listeners that are used to us talking about Russ, we're gonna do it again. But for me, watching that entire game, if Russell Westbrook is gonna play like that the whole season, and and they play you know better defense just by playing together more. OKC is going to be a problem. I think Russ is going to be better than he what he was last year. There, he was so much less, so much less out of control, um, and actually deferred. He made that last pass to Carmelo behind the line when people asked, like, for example, oh, that was a beautiful, shoot. that was a beautiful play, like great play design, um, great execution. He, he, the timing was perfect. So I think if Russ is going to play like that. Um, they're they've they're going to be a handful for teams. They, they're going to, I think, if if he's going to do that the whole season, going to be better than Houston. So two um, things, two things I'm going to say on that. Uh, I did agree. Russ was very in control. The turnovers were low. Um, he had a great balance between shooting and passing. It was just it was it was Russ at his you know at his best in that regard, but. <laughs> he was hitting some absurd threes. He finished five for eight from three, and they were not easy threes down the stretch. So if Russ is going to be making Steph Curry-type shots on the regular, yes, they are a problem. But going off the larger sample, I mean, he hit three off-the-dribble threes in the last four or five minutes. One of them was from 27 feet. One was with two guys kind of draped on him and he just dribbled to the side like yeah if he's those are the those are the shots that he misses and people are like why are you taking that shot but if he makes them looks a lot better right yes i i know it it comes with a caveat that he's gonna take some dumb shots but at the same time you know let's say he makes one of them or, or one or two um he but was he a great make, clutch player make, last year he had to make I know. all of them to keep it close and I'm just I, saying, I know, but there, but the, you know, I'm also going to judge it on the other side where, you know, Melo is going to be better and Paul George, they are going to fit better later in the season. So I'm projecting that as well. Um, and he's also, he was also a great crunch time player last year, um, at least in the regular season. So, um, there is part of it where you kind of expect him to make those shots where, you know, I'm not saying that Russ is going to be as good as Steph here. I, I'm just saying that you, you would not think of him as a guy after how selfish he was last year and what he did with KD when he was on the team. Maybe he learned, maybe he learned his lesson a little, maybe he turned around and he was like, look, like Durant left and partially it was my fault and I'm not going to make the same mistake again. Cause Paul George is a free agent after this year. So maybe he's just goading him into it and he's going to do this for one year. And when Paul George signs a max, he's going to go back to being Russ. But regardless, right, uh, it's just that mental that mental capacity to, to change a little bit from what he's done before um, was very promising if you're an OKC fan or a Warriors hater, which, you know, there are a lot of uh, on Twitter nowadays. So my um, – yeah, he looked better. He'll be better. Um, my, my biggest takeaway with OKC is – is Mello is really the wild card here because Mello through the first three games, 
he's come out shooting. <laughs> he's not been shy, and he's come out doing nothing else. I think he's averaging two rebounds and one assist a game through three games. Like, and he screams like that's his fifteenth rebounds, fifteenth yeah. rebound every time. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, so I mean, I'm not trying to. Uh, I want I want to give him at least twenty games before I cast any judgment on it, but the degree to which Mello adapts into being a team player will really decide the upside of this team because Russ, Russ is a phenomenal player. Um, war, you know, flaws and all he's, you can, you can win to a pretty high level with that guy. Like he's been to the finals. He's been to the Western conference finals. He's, he, even though he had KD on his team, but he's very capable of being a player who can go deep. Paul George is a guy who kind of can fit into any team. Uh, his shot's been off recently, but it's like he does so many things to help you. You don't really have to worry about him fitting into a team. He could fit into most teams comfortably. Melo's the one who was killing the rhythm in general. Like the ball would go to him, and if he didn't shoot it immediately, you have to go into his little isolation, jab step, jab step, and there's never a pass out of it. It's always like I'm going to work my way into getting a difficult shot off. Um. And that's the real question for me. Will he adapt more into it and just play in rhythm of the team, which would ultimately make him more dangerous? Or is he just going to always be that guy who, like, when he's feeling it, you know, he's giving you a lot of scoring. And if he's not, he straight up shoots you out of the game. I think I think Paul George on, on of playing with the bench unit would be uh, the way to go there. But I don't know if they're going to do that. Um uh, so on the other side of that is Andrew Wiggins, uh, much maligned from people like us who don't think who think he's a little overrated and you know Demar Derozan esque had a superb game, uh, particularly a superb fourth quarter. Whew, he's nailing was, threes and getting to the rim at ease, like it's crazy. Yeah, um, my my big takeaway from Minnesota was. Uh, I, I kind of thought it was going to be hardest on him because Jimmy Butler is a player who te- likes the ball in his hands. Teague's not a off-ball point guard. He'll have the ball, and then you obviously want to get Towns the ball. So I figured like Wiggins is going to kind of get it lost in the shuffle, but it's been, it's been the complete opposite, right? Wiggins has been um, aggressive but not ball-dominant. Like He's been taking it off of cuts. He's been hitting spot-up shots. He's been catching it off the swing and just immediately attacking. He's basically looked like kind of the the best case scenario of what you thought he could be when he came out. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I, I, I'm still going to stay on the gripe that Car Anthony Towns should be the offensive. Fo- like if you watch Joel Embiid um, play uh, on the Sixers, they run a pick and roll into a post up or they run a pick and pop into him every single time. I wish the Wolves would do that. I do understand why they don't. Um, because, you know, Wiggins can't play off ball. Uh, Jimmy Butler doesn't. I mean, they just you know, have beats. a lot more mouths to feed. And it's yeah. honestly, um, Towns' defense still does not look good. And But that has nothing to do with the, the offense, though. You know what I'm saying? Can, like, I but think if they you can keep him from, uh, you know, tiring himself out on offense, maybe he could be better on defense. That's yeah. part of it. Like, it, it, I mean, instead of feeding him 30 touches or 30 shots a game, feed him 15 to 18 and hope that he has legs and eventually figures his defense out. Yeah. I just think they're not maximizing their, their, uh, their, you know, efficiency offensively, but at the same time, maybe they won't be if Wiggins has to play off ball. Cause it's not like he's dead eye or anything like that, but I don't know. Cause I think he'd be a great slasher and he can make open shots. Like that's how I would run it. 
um, and give Cat the huge usage rate, usage rate because you know he's a decent passer. He can dribble, he can drive, he can post, he can finish. There's literally nothing he can't do on offense. God, so his I, off the dribble stuff is absurd for a big man because it's like it's not like Anthony Davis where he, who's also insane in his own way but like anthony smooth davis it's, too. It's, davis is smooth cat Anth- is a little clunky but it still works anthony davis just goes over you because he's so athletically gifted towns isn't the greatest athlete uh relative to, <laughs> to the top davis to the top LeBron. players but yeah. he's like he's his footwork is so good and like he he just he has like all these weird angles he can make shots yeah at. He, he's like a um he, he's almost like a guard who knows how to fit like a yeah. Ky- like a Kyrie or Steph yeah. finishing at those weird angles. You're like, oh, this is an awful shot for a big man, but he just continues to make it. Yeah, he's got that in-between finish. Like, exactly. like imagine if Draymond had the in-between finish, um, he'd be like a 16 points a game score. Like if Draymond had that finish, right? Like that touch is ridiculous for a seven-footer. He, yeah, he's yeah, got, he's got, right. he's got guard-like floaters, basically. Yeah. So, um no, in general, the Wolves' offense was clunky, but they're also fitting a bunch of pieces. Um, I did like some of the stuff they ran, though. I, I disagree with you on that. I thought they ran a lot of like uh, uh, dribble handoff and decent, like get multiple guys involved in it type of stuff. It just the, the chemistry wasn't there, and that's that's probably going to come with time. So uh, you know they'll get there. If you had to pick Milwaukee or Minnesota at the end of the year, um, Minnesota, not even close. I mean, but they have they have so many. They have three. Uh, they have. Th- I mean, Teague's all star. Teague's been an all star, so we could say four all stars. Even <laughs> Eastern four Conference all star. <laughs> yeah, yeah, four. That would be well. You you throw who else? You throw Taj Gibson. Man, that could be five. So, um. <laughs> I mean, they're going to be fun to watch. The only the the only critique I had from them that the the games I've watched so far is Tibbs's subs have kind of sucked. Like with those four guys, there should be no point where none of them are on the floor. And he had multiple times during the game where it's like Gorgie Dang, Bielitsa, Jamal Crawford, Shabazz, and like Tyus Jones. I'm like, what are you doing? Uh, by the by the way, you know that's that's a great point to spin it back into the Warriors. Kerr, I don't think, and whoever's listening, if you guys listen, could check the numbers. I don't think Kerr has played a minute or much without either curry or durant he had he did that last year but this year he's kind of just he's you know i guess maybe figured it out or he just doesn't trust the team or whatever it is he it's it's curry full first quarter kd sits out four minutes to go comes back in for the second quarter to start there is no minute where the where the warriors are going to be without either steph or kd on the floor and that makes them literally you know unbeatable if you you Um, have one of these teams with multiple Stars. It seems obvious, but coaches don't do that as much as you know. Obviously, like we would like, I mean, like okay, Scotty Brooks with that okay, OKC. OKC has been doing it this year. They've been kind of going mellow with the bench unit, which actually isn't the worst idea. Just because if he's going to shoot, let him shoot against worst defenders, right? Yep. Um, but it, yeah, it's weird. The Wolves have kind of uh, he hasn't really quite figured out that rotation. On the flip side, um, their starters absolutely destroyed OKC starters yesterday. So uh, maybe that hockey sub thing works. Uh, I'm still skeptical. I feel like when you have that much talent, you might as well spread it out so you can get like, you can make the game easier for your bench players. Yeah. 
Also, luckily for the Warriors, they have Armory Caspi, so if they ever need to go to the bench and they need to go that deep, they'll be fine. They have enough shooting and enough length. So we're not worried about that. Um, What's it? <laughs> yeah. I gotta get you, I gotta get you, completely an, I gotta get you an Omri Caspi jersey. <laughs> I don't even know if they make those, man. Um, so we have. Yeah, you're not worth paying more. custom for. <laughs> I might have to put the whole name on it. Um, just Omri. Um, so we have one more actually that that popped up is uh, Wade is back to the bench. So we haven't talked about Cleveland kind of all season. They lost. Um, by 20 to the Magic while the Warriors got smacked by Memphis. And D-Wade is going to the bench, um, and they're going to start JR. Uh, we both, I think, are going to agree that is the correct move. Um, I just think they need interesting. to... I didn't, I didn't really care who they put to the bench, but it was obvious that they need to split up Wade, Rose, and LeBron. Like, have two of those guys on the floor at once, but you can't play three guys who want the ball and aren't going to space together. So um, kind of surprised. I kind of thought Rose would be the one who'd move to the bench and they'd play Wade as like a de facto point guard. It's not like it really matters with LeBron anyway. Yeah, yeah, just kind of just curious to see how that I'm, I'm more curious to see how they take it mentally because um, just J.R. Smith wasn't happy. Tristan Thompson is still on the bench. Um, it's weird. It's weird. And they did lose by 20 at home um to the magic without aaron gordon and if you think alfred payton's good alfred payton so um it is interesting um at least to we'll monitor that as we go along because we haven't talked much cast we somehow talked more uh car anthony towns than lebron james so far which is a, a weird start to the season we've got um so the warriors got three home games coming up we've got toronto washington and oh god i don't know Detroit. one more team that Detroit, yeah i knew they weren't good um, so they got they've got they've, they've been kind of hot in the early season. Uh, Drummond apparently makes free throws now. <laughs> See this for for guys that listen to Light Years Pods. I think we only talk about Warriors. We watch everything. We watch the Detroit Pistons. We watch the Sixers. We watch it all. So uh, make sure to make sure to subscribe and five star. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get that in there. Get the five star in there. Get the reviews in there. Ask us questions. Do whatever you got to do. Um, so anything else you want to go over, Sam? No, nah, I think we're good this week. We'll um, we'll record Sunday or Monday next week, right after uh, right after the Warriors lose to Toronto and Washington, and you know they're fighting for playoff seating. Oh, I'm ready for that. We'll, we'll we'll do an emergency pod if they lose to to those guys or the Pistons. So um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back then. All right, man. I'll see you later.